0: Wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q and A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Joseph Matichich, Secretary of the 7th Adventist Church in South Australia. And I want to welcome you to the program and uh, apologize for the uh, technical difficulties that we experienced there at at the start. Thank you for your patience, though. Thank you for uh, joining us here today on on Drive Time. And uh, today we begin a new series called Radical Teachings in the Parables of Jesus Christ. And uh, we're going to be looking at Two parables today that, that Jesus told. Now joining me today is William Mawalan. William is the pastor of the Paravista Seventh Day Adventist Church and the Gaol Church here in Adelaide. Welcome along, William.
1: Good to see you, Joseph. Good to be back in the studio together.
0: Yeah, it is good to be together. And um, yeah, look, uh, not sure what happened there. We just couldn't get ourselves couldn't couldn't get the um the, the equipment to to no. cooperate and behave. We were ready to go, weren't we? Yeah, uh, all set to go right on time as we normally do here on on drive time. But it just wouldn't work, and um, so real real, real apologies. Out there um, for uh, for those technical difficulties that w- that we had. All good. Um, sometimes you can get everything else prepared, but <laughs> if the equipment lets you down, uh, that's 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 no good. So really appreciate uh, you you uh, being with us today. And again, apologies about um, the the delayed start. Let me remind you though of our text line number, which is oh four triple eight eight oh eight double one and. Um, I'd love to hear from you, uh, wherever you might be wherever you might be watching. Will you and I are back together like last few weeks. Absolutely, uh, we, yeah. We've had Pastor Don Felberg doing this whole series yeah. regarding the the Reformation, which was really interesting, wasn't it?
1: I really enjoyed uh, Pastor Don's um, his his talks over the last few weeks, as our drive time team were able to um, spend some time with him over the, the few weeks. Um, yeah, just, you know, looking at the Reformers, looking at, you know, um, I took the session, the show with him on John Knox, and even myself, I was just listening to the content, listening to this man of God that, uh, you know, spurned the Scottish Reformation, so yeah if you're listening out there Pastor Don um we really appreciate your time and I guess for some of our drive time team was able for us to have a little bit of a break if you could say that yes but it was. Um, but yeah. it was good so um yeah Pastor Joseph, good to have um, you back and I know that you're a super busy man as well and um so yeah, praise God that we get to be back in the studio this um, here today.
0: Yes, it is. It is good to be here. And I should let people know, though, that if you happen to have um, missed any of our, right. our episodes, yeah. particularly that, that series by, by Pastor Felberg, yep. um, check it out on the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au. Really easy to remember. Faith FM, all one word, faithfm.com.au. And the other way, a, a really good way, is is to download the app, if you yeah. haven't already. Um, Will, have you got the app on your phone? I do have the app, because I know uh,
1: our team <laughs> leaders <laughs> listening in. <laughs> Gary's probably listening in. Yeah, we've got the app, but um, yeah. It, it's good to have it's the great. app.
0: Um, because um, you know Faith FM, sometimes you might be in an area where the signal's not great yep. or uh, it's a little bit patchy, um, and you might start listening to a show or you're, you're, you're driving, you know, you're travelling, and um, you start hearing, listening to a show. Uh, but as you keep going, you end up yeah um, uh, you know, getting out of range perhaps, and so that's where the app is great. And um, not only do you have drive time on there, yeah, um, but you can oh, um, you can catch up on other shows and. Uh, and of course, lis- listen live, and that's the beauty of it. No, that yeah. pretty much, no matter where you are, uh, if you got you got your phone, you can plug your phone in, will, um, uh, through the car. That's right. And uh, so, you're not reliant on just the local uh, the local signals for for the station. And so, really want to let people know out there that um, uh, it's worth uh, worth you getting getting the app.
1: And I'm just looking at the the content that we have on the app, Joseph. It's we have quite a lot of content, a lot of different programs. Uh, from all across Australia, so um, yeah, to our listeners out there, please um, jump on, get that app down on your phone, and listen to uh, Faith FM—not just Drive Time, but all of our wonderful content across Australia.
0: That's exactly right. Well, look, uh, we'll, we um, sort of our schedules here on Drive Time today all over the place. It's, it's <laughs> sort of just thrown into it. So, look, I, I think we will just uh, we'll just carry on. What we might do, uh, we'll now. Uh, in a moment, uh, we're going to um, yeah, we'll have another piece of music. But um, what I did want to mention, Will, is that um, we have another new great offer. Oh, um, right. and book uh, offer, right? It is. It, it's it's a book offer, and it's a book offer that's connected with um, particularly with our themes with our theme uh, this week. Uh, th- th- this week, and um, it's it's a book called The Prodigal Father. By David Marshall. Now, to get this offer, you need to text the code, which is SA67, to our number on 04888 80811. So, the code for this week is SA67. Uh, the number, our number here is 04 triple eight eight zero eight double one. And when you text that code SA67, the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details and uh, and take it from there. So. Yeah, that's a great, great little book that you want to get, get a hold of um, and you can get that. That's our, right. our free offer for today. Now, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back to this in just a moment, but um, we're, we're looking at um, the parables of, uh, of Jesus. Um, now, j- just to state the obvious and just to be really clear from the outset, Will, uh, w- what is a parable? What do we mean by the word parable? Well, a parable
1: is just simply a story used to illustrate um, you know, an important mm. truth. I like to kind of use the term, um, an earthly lesson, if I could use that phrase. Sure. To illustrate a spiritual truth. Right. So, a parable is kind of like a story. It's kind of like, you know, um, using a, a story that Jesus would do in the Gospels, which was one of his favorite ways of communicating Gospel truth, is he would often use stories, uh, real uh, life uh, objects. He Jesus used nature and he would, he would draw on things that people were used to and then he would draw them to share a, a more profound uh, concept of, of spirituality uh, pertaining to God, uh, spirituality, being a Christian, being a follower. And so Jesus used parables quite often uh, to communicate to his audience.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because it's exactly what we want to um, and be aware of, the fact that Jesus used this a lot. Yeah. Now Jesus was the master teacher, wasn't he? Absolutely. And uh, and what we find him doing here is um, using this technique of of storytelling. Now, what's the beauty of a story? What's where's the power in and the beauty in in a story, or such as these parables? I think the
1: beauty is um, is that everyone can relate at some level. Yeah. Um. There is a shared um. There's a shared um. I guess what's what's the word I'm looking for? A shared experience. You know, so um, as we're going to share today, um, so Jesus would share something that, you know, if, if you were in Jesus' day and you were listening to his story, you, you would instantly relate to it. So, you know, this week, uh, Jesus talked about the parable of a, a shepherd who lost a sheep, for mm-hmm. instance. And I don't want to go into that because that's one of our presenters this week. But so Jesus used everyday uh, stories, uh, life incidents, that the people of his day could relate to. And I think the the beauty of that is it drew people in. Yeah. And in some ways, I uh, Joseph, as you would understand, is sometimes in Jesus's audience, he had uh, people of different persuasions. Some people were keen to listen. Others were trying to catch him in what he was saying to kind of uh, bring it up against him. And so parables in some way, it was a story to illustrate a truth. But in some way, it would serve as it would be t- kind of like this, Joseph. It's kind of like he was Telling someone without actually telling them. I don't know if that kind of made sense. It does. Because in my definitely. mind, I'm thinking of the Pharisees because, you know, the, the religious leaders, as you would know, um, always were trying to trip him up in things he was saying and teaching. So he would often expose them by these uh,
0: stories that he would use to um, illustrate these important truths. A, a story is, is a great teaching tool because young and old can relate to it. We remember stories. And, um, yeah. and, and, they're, and they're powerful. So we're going to get straight into it, straight after this break. Um, let's just listen to a little bit of a song here by Kimmy Ogendi here to stay. You're listening to Faith FM, Don't Go Anywhere.
2: It's right here. You're listening to oh I am here to stay.
0: Alright, um, we're keen to get into this, uh, apologies about that, but welcome back, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Joseph Matichich and William Mawala. This week we are looking at the radical teachings in the parables of Christ, and today we're going to be looking at two of the parables that, that Jesus Jesus told. They are recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 15, in fact, is where we find these, these two parables that we're going to look at. Now, uh, we made the point that um, uh, Jesus used the uh, parables as a very common teaching method, and um, he certainly did that here on this occasion. Now, will what we find here is that whenever Jesus told the parables, he didn't he, he didn't just tell them j- like you know um, in in a vacuum, right? He, he didn't share them just j- just for fun. They not, not only do they have a point, but they were they were shared within a within a setting, within a context. There was a um, there was a reason, and that's the same case with these two parables that we're going to look at today. Yep, Luke chapter fifteen, from the verse one, the Bible says this. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear him, hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable, and, and then he goes on into it. What I want us to notice here, Will, is that the the, what, the parables that follow, the stories that Jesus tells here, yeah. he tells in response to this uh, this yep. this situation where 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 these uh, here the, these these Pharisees these teachers of the law these religious leaders had made an accusation about Jesus. Right. What well, what's the accusation that they raise against him? Well,
1: if you look at the back at the gospel um, in Luke 15. Uh, it says there, at the beginning of the chapter, it says, "In all the tax collectors, uh, the sinners drew near to him to hear him, and the Pharisees, that's the religious leaders of Jesus' day, and the scribes complained, saying, quote, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So this is this is what I love about the Bible, Joseph. This is what I love about Christ, is instead of attacking the Pharisees for their, I guess, their, their perspective of Jesus that, that he he shares this beautiful story, as it were, to illustrate uh, the heart of God. And that's really what we're trying to share today, is we really want to communicate the character of God as portrayed in these beautiful parables in Luke 15. So I guess uh, in the answer to your question, Joseph, Jesus' parables here, that and we're going to look at two of them today, is really a response to that question, that mindset that the Pharisees had, uh, that this man receives sinners and eats with them. So I, I think the idea there was... Um, I guess from Jesus's uh, in his day, as particularly the religious leaders, they probably didn't feel like the people that Jesus was hanging around with were were holy or religious or somehow they were not dedicated to God as they were, and so you know, the, and I think that's what the challenge that Jesus had was these the nation of israel as it were were meant to be a light to the surrounding gentile nations but but when jesus came onto the scene of earth's history i believe that what jesus saw in the life of his people the israelites um the jews you know were i think jesus looked at and said hey that's not that is not the picture that i want you to be portraying to people and i think as we see in the Gospels that Jesus was challenging a lot of their mindsets, their paradigms and their attitudes towards others, those who weren't Jews, you know as we know in the Gospels, they hated the Samaritans, they hated Romans yes, they, yes. so Jesus was really trying to um, put into perspective the the heart of God and what it meant to be a follower of God so so this is what we find here in Luke 15.
0: Exactly. And so these were, the, the, the Jews, through centuries of history, they, they had developed, that they'd become, you know, and I'm generalizing a, a bit, I, I'm aware of that, but fairly isolationist, um, because yeah. they didn't want to be contaminated. They didn't want to be, in a sense, effect, I- infected. They, they felt they had, uh, the, the laws of God, right. uh, the Torah, they, they they felt that they were God's chosen people and they needed to be isolated in a yep. sense so they wouldn't be uh, influenced or polluted. Yep. And now Jesus is, is is on the scene and uh, they hear about this Messiah, supposedly the Son of God, and uh, they're thinking, well, he, he's he would be the Holy One. Right you know and there's a there's a reference to him elsewhere as the holy one of israel and uh, yet they see him behaving in what to them is an extremely strange way he's mingling with ordinary people yeah. with with uh Tax collectors and sinners. Now that that word "sinners" uh, in, in my Bible here, it's actually in quotes. It's it's actually referring to the re- um, the, the real um, questionable characters, people mm. of questionable morals, people. Pe- um, this is not people that they think God's son should be associating with. And he's there with them, he's mixing with them, and, well, what's worse, he's, he's eating with them and, uh, and spending time with them. And, and so, really got to get a sense of this that they think this is just not how the Messiah should be uh, acting and, and behaving. Right. And so, uh, Jesus is aware of, of this. Um, this, this, and how does he respond? He responds with a story, right? And the first story is the one we read of here. Jesus tells them a parable suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Right. That's parable one. Mm. The parable of the lost sheep. So, Jesus here begins to respond to the accusation raised against him, you know, that he eats with tax collectors and sinners, by telling this parable. And, you know, Will, you said you know, the beauty of a story is everyone can relate to it. And people in 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 Jesus' day, yep. um, his listeners would have been very familiar. As soon as he starts talking about a shepherd with sheep, they, they can immediately picture the scene, couldn't they? Yeah. Uh, you know, the hills of Palestine there, a shepherd um, guiding the sheep out in the fields and whatever else, and Jesus uses that as, as this story. And um, he, he's he's talking about a a shepherd who has a 100 and he's lost yeah, one. He lost and one. W- what's going on? What's he, what's he bringing out here in this story? I think what he's trying to...
1: I think, really, when you look at the whole chapter, Joseph, Luke chapter 15, we've essentially got three stories or three parables here. The the parable of the story of the lost sheep, which we're looking at now. Then we're going to look at the parable of the lost coin. And then tomorrow, I believe, our presenter is going to look at the parable of the lost son. I guess when you read that in its entirety… Remember, we're looking at the context. He's talking in basically in response to the religious leaders who said, Hey, this man receives sinners. I mean, who is he? He cannot be the Messiah because if he was, he wouldn't be associating with these outcasts, these derelicts of society. And so, Jesus paints a picture. And what I believe he's trying to do, Joseph, he's trying to communicate the character of God. And yes. what I love about this story now, look, look, I'm honest. I, I didn't grow up with. With with sheep and I didn't grow up on a farm. I'm from city. I'm from the inner city, and so like you're saying, like when Jesus told this story, um, you know, his listeners would have uh, definitely identified it because they came from that um, you know agricultural community, farming community. But what I love about this story, I guess the point that I want to highlight here, Joseph, is I, I, I want our listeners to to kind of catch what we're trying to communicate today is. How do we see God in these stories? Mm-hmm. And what I love about this story, so you picture in your mind, here's a shepherd, he's got a hundred sheep, and he's counting his sheep, and he realizes one is missing. And so what does the shepherd do? What well, the, the story that Jesus uses here is that he leaves the 99, and he goes searching for that lost sheep. And so immediately what that tells me, Joseph, is that this, this shepherd didn't just say, hey, I've got 99. Doesn't matter about that other one. At least I got 99. He did. The Bible actually says that Jesus portrays his picture that the shepherd, he leaves the 99. He left the majority of them to go just for that one. And I guess what does this tell us about God? What's Jesus trying to communicate to the Pharisees is that, Hey, God, in some ways, the people that he was around, if I could make the connection, Joseph, the tax collectors, the outcasts, the sinners, they were maybe those lost sheep. They were the ones that had left. They're the ones that the church or the religious leaders said, "Hey, we don't want anything to do uh, with them. You know, we're we're just going to stay in the confines of our temple and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know minister minister our religious feasts and our laws and so forth." But what I love about this story, Joseph, to me, it really highlights the heart of God here mm. is that God actually took took the initiative. Yes, I'd like to suggest to our listeners that that God is portrayed as as this. Um, this kind of, uh, this shepherd. And uh, I know you're, you're going to share a bit here, Joseph.
0: But um, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Uh, yeah, so what we find, God here, I just want to pick that up. God is portrayed here as the shepherd. Yeah. So w- w- who is God? What is God like? God is the one who goes seeking. Our God is a God who comes searching. That's the story of the Bible, isn't yeah. it? Um, as soon as our first humans, Adam and Eve, sinned, what do we find? Yeah. God comes looking Good Where point. are you? He comes looking straight away, and he he went looking all through history, and ultimately he came in the form of his son yeah. to seek and to save, and um and so that's that's exactly what we find. We find him a picture here, and 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 the other significant one that you touched on is the fact that God takes the initiative. Yeah. it's the shepherd here uh, who went out who, who took the initiative. And that's significant because a lot of people, you know, the religious leaders, sadly, a lot of the religious leaders uh, in in Jesus' day, and we could probably even think sometimes there's a bit of an attitude. And I, you know, I just want to you know put it out there. You know, we, there can be this attitude that, well, you you need to actually you know kind of take the first. If you're interested, if you're going to be serious about God, you kind of need to show that. Yeah, that's you right. Know, sort of take take the first step and show that you're interested in, and sort of turn to God first. No, what we find here is the, um, the heart of a God is that he actually steps towards us first yeah. um, and I can't help but think of Romans 5 at this point in time where it says that while we were yet sinners mm. Christ died for us Amen. Um, clearly salvation is a divine initiative yeah. Can I just read this quote
1: yeah um Joseph for our listeners out there we, we're kind of drawing on a, a an amazing book called Christ object lessons and we're just pulling up a k- couple of quotes out from from this book but uh commenting on this uh story here there's a line that I'd just like to, to to share with our listeners out there today uh speaking on the this commentary on 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 who the the lost sheep perhaps may represent uh, and the author says the lost sheep knows that it is lost mmm it has left the shepherd and the flock, and it cannot recover itself. Yeah. It represents those who realize that they are separated from God and who are in a cloud of perplexity, yeah. in humiliation, and sorely tempted. Wow.
0: Yeah, I like that. So,
1: if, if that author is on, you know, in harmony with what the you know what the Bible's saying, that it represents a class of people, and and the author's saying here, Joseph, that. They realize that they're lost. Mm. You know, and if I could just make the connection right to today's world, there are some people out there who may be even listening right now. They know that their life is not right. Maybe they went to church. Maybe they grew up in a religious home. Maybe they grew up reading their Bibles, going mm. to church. Maybe they were in a youth group. Maybe, maybe they were in a, they were in this type of Christian, I guess, uh, community believers. And somehow they grew up. They went to high school. They're in uni. They got a job. They got married. You know, that's how what life is. And, and next thing, um, you know, they're not. They're not uh, as connected uh, to a, a church community, a faith group, and I kind of see the lost sheep as those types of people. Okay, maybe yep. maybe yep. they are uh, they were once Christian, Joseph. Maybe they knew about Jesus. Maybe they, um, as I said earlier, maybe they used to go to church, and because of a series of events and life decisions and circumstances. Um, they, um, yeah, they're not just practicing what they, um, you know, what they believed in, practice um, early on in their years, and just going back to your author, it says um, they realise they are separated from God. You know, in some ways, Joseph, part of my story coming to Christ um, when I was, you know, when I was 20, 21, is uh, I wouldn't say we grew up in a deeply religious home, but I, I knew enough about going to church and went to a Tongan, Tongan church in Sydney mm-hmm. before I became an Adventist mm-hmm. Christian in 2004. And part of my story is when my mom, when I went to Tonga, I think I, I had the lost sheep, uh, not the lost, the lost sheep experience. Mm-hmm, I kind mm-hmm. of knew that that there was something missing. I, I knew that I had wandered in a sense, and it was in that kind of lostness called out to God and so so wow. here is Jesus painting this picture and maybe could it be Joseph that when Jesus is telling this story in front of these Pharisees he's looking at these very people around him the yeah. tax collectors yeah. and he's looking in their faces and in some ways maybe one of they knew Maybe these tax collectors, we don't really know their mm. life story. The mm. Bible doesn't give us every detail, but maybe some of these tax collectors and sinners, they, they grew up in a, they, they, they knew God, they knew church and all this stuff, in Jesus' context, actually.
0: So you're saying possibly even they, whilst they may have known it all, they themselves may, may have possibly been lost. Yeah, ah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, in the church, but yet yeah. lost. Yeah, religious. And, and interesting, and coming back to Jesus' story,
1: um, you know, doesn't he say somewhere else, Joseph, that... um. He didn't come to call the, the, righteous. the righteous, but the sinners yep. to repentance. Yes, And so what a picture of God we see in the Bible through Jesus is that, you know, he's not in spending time with all the Pharisees and with the big wigs in the temples. He's out in the streets. He's out, he's out on, you know, touching, he's making real connections on the streets. And isn't it one of the complaints of the Pharisees or someone that yep. said he's a wine bibber, he's yep. a party goer. And that's it. You know, like that. That to me is is showing that Jesus valued people, and I think that's a, uh, um, it's a sobering thought, Joseph. Because you know, in our line of work as ministers, and you know, like a lot of times, we more or less spend a lot of time with people like us, fellow Christians, fellow believers, even. Just within our own faith group. That's right. And what's Jesus doing? Hey, he's hanging out yeah. with the tax collectors. So, That's a I challenge mean, there's so us. many yep. teaching lessons on, on each level, but,
0: Absolutely. but yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, thank you, Will. So, what we find here is uh, the shepherd leaves yeah. the 99. he yep. goes in search of the one. It's a picture of God who comes looking, who goes searching. Amen. And so, what we're finding here is, is God is a God who who seeks who, who longs to to, to reach out? Um, in in other words, lost people matter lost to people God. Matter. Now, to if lost people matter to God, will they should matter to you and I? Yeah. And there is great joy in connecting with with those people. And um, and so, yeah, if you are listening, and, and yeah, maybe you've in your faith journey, you've mm-hmm. kind of maybe wandered. You know what? God is seeking for you. Yes. His is a heart of love. Amen. And um, and want to appeal to you to, to acknowledge that and come to him. Now, Will, we've got a song here that's right on this story. I want to play it right now. It's the 99 by Andrew Peterson. Let's listen to this and we'll come straight back here on Drive Time Faith FM. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time Big Q&A with Joseph Matichich and William Mawala. And we are looking at the radical teachings in the parables of Jesus Christ. Today we are looking at two well-known parables that Jesus told. Before the break, we began by looking at the parable of the lost sheep. And we saw that Jesus shared this and the subsequent parables that follow straight after this in response to the accusation that the religious leaders were making against him that he was associating with tax collectors and sinners and in the parable of the lost sheep well uh, it gives us a picture of God who goes looking yeah God searches he wants to reclaim, and now we come to the second one, and uh, maybe you want to read read it out. Sure. Very short sure one there. The second parable. to we'll Follow straight after. All right, here
1: we go. So in Luke chapter fifteen, um, and verses eight to ten, uh, Jesus continues. Here he says, "Or what? What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it?" And when she has found it she calls her friends and neighbors together saying rejoice with me for I found the peace which I lost likewise I say to you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one
0: sinner who repents interesting how it's uh, there similarities with the last one so something is lost yep uh they're searching for uh-huh. it and then when there's found, there is great, great joy to the point where the person uh, that has found the lost thing goes and, and shares and yeah. invites others to, to, to yeah. rejoice. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, similar again. So, again, we find uh, this picture. Now, in the first parallel, the shepherd gives us a picture of God. Yeah. Here we have a picture that the woman would then represent God. Right. A woman who's lost, lost a coin. Uh, now the suggestion they will that this coin, you know, I mean, was it just a coin? Some some have, you know, some thought here is what Jesus is referring to is possibly uh, one of the coins that was used for the for the dowry, right, for for this woman, and you know, so it, it's very significant to the woman, um, and uh, and she loses it, and so she she goes into into searching searching for the for, for the coin. Right. Um, now you you brought out before that. In the uh, the first parable, the yeah. sheep knows that it's lost. Yeah. It just can't get its way back. That's right. It uh, might be stuck. It might have been, you know, um, who knows? Yeah. But it, it cannot get back to the fold. Yeah. What about the coin,
1: though? Yeah, I, I think there's a bit of a contrast here because I think, as you said, the, the sheep knows that it's lost, but in some way a coin is, you know, it's – Inanimate. It's yeah, not, inanimate. Yeah. It doesn't. You know, it's an object. It doesn't know that it's lost. Like if you lost your phone and you're trying to look for it, the phone is not saying, "Hey, I'm lost." <laughs> so I think Jesus perhaps is trying to maybe a contrast even between maybe there's two type two classes of people. If it ah, were okay, so some story. that know that they're lost, some low. Yep, and others that may not be aware. May not be aware. Um, and so. I guess my take on it, and this is what the author of um, Christ Object Object Lesson brings out, is that on the one hand, the sheep knows that it's lost. Mm-hmm. So, if I could just draw the application straight to, to our, our day. Yep. There are some people who know they need God, yep. but for some reason or another, they just haven't found their way back. Could it be that the lost coin, Joseph, and I want to say this to our listeners out there, yeah. the lost coin can represent those who don't even know that they are lost. mm so there are people who live in our world today, Joseph, Oblivious. have no idea of God. Yep, God is not in their life. Not saying they're the bad people are in there, No, but that's just their mindset.
0: Well, not only that, but uh, sorry to, to interject, um, but the fact that it's a like in this coin, the, this coin obviously had value. Yeah, it was worth something. Yes. Now, sorry, you carry on. So yeah. there's there's people there who out in, the, you know, in our communities. Yeah. Not aware that yeah. God's not part of the picture. Not aware. They don't believe in God. Maybe
1: they even are very um, aggressive in their rejection of God. Right. Like there's uh, there's various layers and strands under this uh, picture. But essentially, the lost coin ultimately, um, according to the author of Christ's Jack's Lessons, is they don't know that they're lost. Mm. And so, if you talk to them about spiritual things, you talk to them about the Bible, you talk to them about these big, big, big ideas of 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 origin and meaning and faith, and you know they they're just not interested. No, but but here's the thing, Joseph. And this one I want to share with our listeners out there today. God still loves them, and irrespective of if they don't know that they are lost. And this look, we're not trying to say, hey. um, people out there they're lost they don't know they're lost so you know they're going to be doomed then that's what we're trying to say they're just saying that's a representation that Jesus is saying yeah. so whether the sheep knows it's lost and the shepherd goes that's one picture of God he goes looking and even the lost coin who doesn't know that it's lost and the woman still searches for that lost coin and so, in both cases, God is still looking. Mm. The only thing is the sheep knows it's lost, whereas the coin obviously doesn't know it's lost. So, I think the application in Joseph is, uh, as the author alludes to it in, in Christ's object lessons as well, is um, God sees, as you said, God sees value um, in them. I want to just share that that quote real quick. Uh, it's a wonderful quote here, and I, I we we're talking about this over the break, Jason. Mm. Um, in the the book, uh, Christ Objects Lessons, it says, "The coin, though lying among dust and rubbish, is a piece of silver still. Its owner seeks it because it is of value." Yeah. And then, yeah. then the author goes on to say so every soul however degraded by sin is in God's sight accounted precious. What a
0: beautiful picture. It is. E- every soul that's sort of an older English expression referring yeah. to e- every yeah. human being, yeah. every person yeah is in God's sight yeah accounted precious. Yeah. Now I don't know who might be you know who might tuned in whatever. Yep. We want you to know that in God's sight you are precious, Amen. How do we know that? Well, we have clear evidence. The fact that, as it says elsewhere in the Bible, that we were we were we were redeemed, we were bought, not with silver and gold, which is wow. considered the most valuable, with the precious blood of Jesus. He gave His very life. You cannot you cannot put a price on a life, right? And that's 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 what it was done to show us how valuable uh, every human being. Is, and um, that's that's a wonderful message. Yeah.
1: I, I also think Joseph of that beautiful passage in Jeremiah thirty-one and verse three, ah. where it says basically God draws us with His everlasting love. Um. You know, I love that picture of God because I see it being played out in these two stories. It was the love of the shepherd yeah. that went out for the sheep. Obviously, yeah. it was you can say it was the love of the, the woman that made her search for the coin. But in both respects, it is the shepherd and the woman taking the initiative. For our listeners out there, I want you to know, whoever you are today, God is on a mission to find you. Mm. And he wants to know you. And I think that's a beautiful thing we share with our listeners, Joseph, because there's some people listening, some people in our world, they may be feeling, well, God doesn't love me. I'm, God doesn't know my life. God doesn't know the things that I've done in the past. You know, there's a beautiful thing in the Bible called grace. Mm. That's where we all come together. We all come to meet God on that beautiful picture of God's grace given in Christ. And yeah. so, so yeah, so the, the, the lost coin. What did the woman do? She, she, it's the same thing as the lost, the the shepherd story. She looked for it. She swept her house. And when she found the lost coin, she. Um, she's called her neighbors and said, rejoice mm. with me. Could it be, Joseph, that there could be people in the world today? In fact, not, not could be. There are people in the world. They don't have, want anything to do with God, anything to do with the church. Mm. They may be atheists. They're just totally far from God. And guess what God does through the agency of the Holy Spirit, through a series of events, he works and he works and he works and he comes to that person. And as Jesus would say in the Gospel of John, you know, if I am lifted up, I will draw peoples to myself. You know, there's a fellow colleague of ours, Joseph, that you know very well, Um, um <laughs> Pastor Peter Watts. Mm. <laughs> I was just trying to uh, search for his name in my mind. You know, I, w- I was down with him in Morunga, Sydney a couple of months back. He's and on he, Tassie Encounters, right? Like, yeah, that's right. He's one of our uh, Faith FM team. Yeah. And he has an amazing story how he mm. came out of atheism in London and he came to know Jesus. He was probably a lost coin. Yeah, yeah. And, good, and yeah. God reached his, well his heart. And look at him now. He's he's preaching the good news. Mm. So, yeah, like this is, this is God's love. And I can probably imagine, Joseph, when Jesus was telling this story to these Pharisees. I believe that they... They knew what he was saying. Yeah, it's almost like he was. It was a bit. It would have been a rebuke. Yeah, but in a nice way. You know, it's interesting, James, because right now uh, at Paravista Church, we're we're looking at the Book of Acts as our message. And thank you for sharing a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah,
1: Um, I would. I just shared on the weekend about um, in Acts six how. You know, when they had the issue of the deacons and they chose the, yeah. the seven men, and then the Bible says, and the word of God multiplied. And the interesting in verse seven, it says, and many priests were obedient to the faith. Uh, and I just think to myself, whether it was priests or Pharisees, I think when Jesus was walking, these parables would have just kept coming back to them. Yeah, they, were, they remember were like the seeds, story. Yeah, yep, like yep. there's Nicodemus in John 3. Yeah. And good so. Point. So I think it was like a harvest mm. because of Jesus' interaction. And could it be that maybe there was a priest right there in that house that day listening to words of Jesus? And he was probably, you know, c- convicted. He was challenged, but maybe didn't openly, you know, want to, you know, follow Jesus, as it were. Yeah. But only after until the cross that we see many people come to faith. So, yeah, uh, lost coin, lost sheep. um, it's really painting a picture. Jesus' response: This is how Jesus responded to them, saying, yeah. "This man eats, re- re- receives sinners, and eats with them." I was listening to a, a you know message the other day where it was almost like they were basically telling the truth, mm. <laughs> even though they were spinning it in a negative, critical way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the character of yeah. God. He yeah. eats with sinners. He receives
0: them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, look, two simple, well-known parables or stories. Right. Parable of the shepherd with a hundred sheep, one is lost. He leaves the 99 and he goes to look for that one, the one lost one, until he finds it, and then it's a cause of rejoicing. Right. A woman with ten coins, she's lost one, but nine out of ten is not good enough. She wants that lost one. It has value. She searches until she finds it. It gives us a picture of our God, a God who seeks, who who sees inherent value and worth in each and every person. Beautiful. And finally, if God is like that, then you and I, he calls us to go and to seek, to look at people as having inherent value. Mm. And if lost people matter to God, they should matter to us. And his heart should motivate our heart to reach out to him. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you did come seeking humanity in the form of Jesus. You didn't wait for us to turn around or clean ourselves up. No, you came. And we praise you for that. And help us to look at everyone else as having inherent value and worth as you see them is my prayer for us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, our time's gone here on Faith FM. Thanks for joining us on Drive Time today. Hope you can join in tomorrow as we continue the parables of Jesus. But in the meantime, may God richly bless you and keep you.
3: Amazing grace